Spotify to qualify a spot on his side. I cannot modify, ratify. My mama made me apple pies, lullabies, and alibis. The book don't end with Malachi. Devil will win employee of the month by the dozen to one score in three years from the third when he doesn't. My village raised him a child, come through the crib and it's busting. You meet anyone from my city, they gon' say that we cousins. Shabak, Barack, edify. Electrify the enemy like Hedwig till he petrified.
petrified. Any petty Peter Petter group could get the pesticide. 79, 79. I don't believe in science, I believe in signs. Don't believe in signing, I see dollar signs. Color white, color crime. Good God, the gift of freedom. Hosanna Santa invoked and woke up slaves from Southampton to Chatham Manor. My dream girls behind me feel like I'm James Early. The type of worship make Jesus come back a day early. With the faith of a pumpkin, see size mustard seed here. For I will speak noble things as entrusted me. Only righteous, I might just shrug at the skullduggery. I couldn't stand to see another rapper lose custody. Exalt, exalt, glorify. Descend upon the earth with swords and fortify the borders where your shortest lies. I used to hide from God. Duck down in the slums like shh. I was lost in the jungle like Simba after the death of Mufasa. No hog, no meerkat. Akuna Matata by day, but I spent my nighttime fighting tears back. I prayed and prayed and left messages, but never got no hair back. Or so it seemed. A mustard seed was all I needed to sow a dream. I build the ark to gently, gently roll my boat down no stream. Sometimes the path I took to reach my petty goals was so extreme. I was so far down in the mud, couldn't even let my light shine. It was always there when I needed to phone a friend or use a lifeline. From a lofty height, we wage war on the poltergeist with the exalted Christ. Spark the dark with a pulse of light Strike a corpse with a pulse of life I spit on the title as tidal waves I spit on the apple and kill a worm A fire in Cali and swallow a valley For every African village burn J-Elect would have never made it Oh son of man, oh son of man Who was the angel in revelations With a foot on water and a foot on land Who was the angel that wrote a Harley From the project to the house of parliament And opened the book in the devil's chamber And put the true name of the Lord on it Old Jerusalem, New Jerusalem Come strike this beast with a ball of fire They poisoned the scriptures And gave us the pictures of false messiahs It was all a lie Mystery Babylon, tell down, Satan's establishment crumbling down. This is the year that I come for the crown. Bury my enemies under the ground. All right, all right. Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome back to Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So we are continuing on with an article that I started last week, if you were here with me, about um, 21 black professionals, founders, visionaries, entrepreneurs that are shaking up the beauty game. I definitely want to talk about them. Um, and I did promise that I was going to continue on with the article for those of you who continue to join me this week. Um, there are definitely some goodies in here, some great people that you can shop with. Um, last week I took uh, spoke about Pat McGrath as well as Carol's daughter. Um, and the list just continues on. These are people who have really kind of pioneered um, the black beauty game, getting our visibility out there, getting products out there that work for us so that we don't have to work so hard to, um, you know, practice some self-care, whether it's our hair, our skin, or the like. Um, I'm also going to be talking about Rihanna. Like, that's the that's the headline. Um, she's really been, you know, in the news this week a lot. And you guys know that this is one of my favorite people to talk about in, when it concerns uh, fashion, um, second or third to that to, you know, Jesus. Um, so I'm going to be talking about her fashion house line, Fenty, um, that is going to actually be shutting down. So I just want to talk a little bit about that, um, what that means and why pricing is really important for um, small business owners, for entrepreneurs. A lot of the times we kind of start business um, you know, with a little bit more of excitement than education. And I think that it's important for us to understand and know, um, you know, when we're moving into different lanes that, you know, we should definitely move accordingly because there, there were conversations regarding her line just about 
the price points being a little expensive and things like that. So I definitely want to get into that. Um, on the uptick though, Savage X Fenty, the lingerie brand is now worth $1 billion. And I will talk about that as well as a little trouble that she got in a couple days ago. She posted a photo on Instagram and has now been accused of cultural appropriation. Now you guys know how I feel about black cultural appropriation so it is no different when you know we do the same thing i think it's very important when we are posting and we when we are trying to be creative that we make sure that we are mindful of all cultures of all people and not just doing things for the sake of like so i'll talk about that as well Issa ray says that she questioned her longevity as insecure and saying that my future is kind of up in the air i've been having a lot of these different conversations regarding our favorite celebrities actors and actresses as we all continue to navigate covid and just understanding that you know though the stories may look a little bit different um, the, the, the fears and the concerns and the doubts and the anxieties are, are, are similar, um, you know, depending on what we're talking about and working on. So I'll talk about that as well. And I'll also talk about some ways that you can balance your new work life. So again, as we kind of move into, um, I don't want to call it the new normal. I definitely don't want to call it the new normal. But as we move into the space that we're currently in, where we currently are, we know that um, work and home and personal life and all of those things have kind of like started to blend together. They've started to look a little bit the same. The environment has become one space and it's been difficult for us to um, separate what is work time, what is play time, what is family time, and, you know, where I need to separate those things in order to continue to be well mentally. Um, next up, I'm going to be talking about a bit of, um, I mean, I think this one is interesting because, one, it brings to the table this ever-long conversation about manifesting and, uh, <laughs> manifesting and the Bible and manifesting and um, casting your petitions to the Lord and things like that. I think that there's just like this really weird fine line that people tiptoe against that has caused a lot of believers slash non-believers to be head to head. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I did want to just kind of give the definition if anybody was unclear about which space is the space. And um, B. Simone, she is, she's an influencer. She is on uh, Wild and Out. Um, she has a cosmetic brand, B. Simone Beauty. And recently she took to Instagram to talk about how a lot of us manifest things or we talk about the things that we want out of a mate. So we talk about we want him to be tall, dark, and handsome. We want him to have um, really good financial goals. We want him to be a family man. We want him to be physically fit. And we are none of those things. We do not take the time to uh, nurture ourselves mentally or physically. We do not take the time to pay our bills, um, to clear up those overdraft fees, to do financially sound things um we eat chips all day um so this was an interesting conversation because although she was speaking specifically about it being in relates to having a mate i thought that this was really interesting all across the board right so i thought of it even when you're talking about friendship you know we want 
people to be a certain friend and we're not willing to do that. We want people to be a certain coworker and we're not willing to do that. We want all of these things and we're not willing to also sow that seed and put it back out for other people. So I definitely want to talk about that. Um, I'm also going to be talking about Saya who did a new kind of like a short um, music video situation and um the film slash video follows a woman who becomes a guardian of her half-sister who is autistic so right there you know we already know we're talking about very sensitive subjects and um the video definitely garnered a lot of backlash because um the person who they have portraying someone who who is autistic is not typically what you um it is not someone who you see as autistic um it was not a realistic portrayal it was not a story that you know really grasped the the difficulties the intricacies of dealing with someone who is autistic or even being autistic yourself um and a lot of people had a lot of things to say and again i think even going back to the rihanna story it's important when we are trying to be creative and and speak these stories that one we have experience one these are our stories to tell and two we have um enough of an experience with them to really be able to speak to um what might be the downsides, what might be the difficulties, what might be the intricacies of those stories. Um, and then last but not least, I'm going to be talking about two um, young people this Black History Month who are doing fantastic things to end the show out for our moving mountains. So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. We got a jam-packed show coming up. Make sure you get into some music. Make sure you're following me first at Faith and Fashion 360, the radio show, before we get into the rest of the show tonight. We are here We'll be right back. Come on, y'all, put your hands together tonight. We're here to glorify the Lord. We're here to give Him all the praise. He's worthy of it tonight. Show. Texas right now, 610-314-4433. Right now. Right now. 
transform me, Lord. Renew my mind. Cause Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Stay in me. I've emptied up myself for you. Remove my iniquities. Cleanse me from the inside out and release your
All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So first up, we have some more founders, entrepreneurs, visionaries that are making a name in the beauty game, especially for black people and people of color. Um, first up here, we have Ron Robinson. He is the founder of BeautyStat. Vitamin C is one of those ingredients every dermatologist will recommend you have as a part of your beauty routine. The only problem... If not properly formulated, it can easily oxidize and become ineffective. But Ron Robinson, founder of BeautyStat and cosmetic chemist, who had previously worked for brands like Clinique and Revlon, found a way around it by creating a proprietary encapsulation method for vitamin C, which maintains its efficacy. Once he knew his unique formula worked, the product was too good to keep to himself. But believe it or not, when he first created BeautyStat, it wasn't about creating products at all. Robinson ran the platform for just over a decade, and during that time, both friends and family talked to him about starting his own brand. At first, he brushed the idea off, thinking to himself, who needs another beauty brand? Then he started researching vitamin C skincare technology. We found a way to stabilize pure vitamin C. Concurrently, we tested the concept of us launching a brand with our own consumer database that showed our brand concept was very strong with high purchase interest and relevancy. After I got back the independent clinical testing results, which turned out to be amazing, I said, this is a breakthrough. We need to launch this under BeautyStat Cosmetics. And right there, the brand and product was born. Um, Yeah, vitamin C is definitely something that um, it, it's hard. Like it's hard to, to get your body to continue to intake it, especially if you're not doing it the right way. Like people feel like, um, if I drink a gallon of orange juice, like that's it, that's good. But too much of it doesn't metabolize and doesn't go through your body the right way. So then it's not even effective and you're just kind of intaking, um, ridiculous supplements and extra calories that you don't need. Um, so that's something that, again, he found that science behind it, which I, I don't even know what that means, honestly, but you know, for him to have been able to do that, just knowing how intricate, um, vitamin C can be and vitamin C is something that is good for, um, you know, uh, health around this time when we're talking about flu season it's good for hair it's good for skin it's good for pretty much everything if used correctly so shout out to him um next up we have naoki Greco, founder of naoki beauty and co-founder of 13 loon when the tragic and senseless murders of george floyd and brianna took place in 2020 the country erupted protests were being organized across the nation and con- conversations on the historical negative impact of systemic racism trickled down to nearly every industry including beauty that's when Graco knew she needed to create a space to help black beauty founders build financial capital i co-founded 13 loon in december 2020 and it's an e-commerce platform for discovery of beauty brands created by black and brown founders who create products for people of all colors Seeing all the social media posts from different guests that have shopped 13 Loon when we launched the site was unforgettable. While 13 Loon is still in its infancy, Greco has nothing but high hopes for the space she built. By building our brands and founders to great success, we help to build generational wealth in black and brown communities, therefore helping to alleviate systemic racism. The beauty industry has such an opportunity to unite and unify. I look forward to 13 Loon leading the charge to be an exemplary of true inclusivity in our industry. 
Next up here, we have Shirley Rains from the founder of Beauty to the Streets. Shirley Rains hasn't always had things easy. Five days before her firstborn son's third birthday, he passed away, leaving Rains deeply distraught. I came down with very bad panic anxiety disorder and fought it along with depression for many years. That's why in 2017, she launched Beauty to the Streets, a nonprofit created to give people experiencing homelessness in California's Skid Row showers, haircuts, hair color, makeovers, and hot home-cooked meals. She assists over 600 people a week. I felt at peace in the midst of this chaotic world. I felt like my pain and trauma had a purpose and that made it easier to live with. I've been doing this for almost four years now and have an amazing team and the pandemic has not stopped us. Since launching the initiative, Reigns has met countless extraordinary people, but there's one person in particular who goes by the name of Q she will never forget. Q was one of the first homeless people I made a connection with and he became my family. Back in October, a story we did with Kamal Bell from United Shades of America and Q was a part of our interview. After almost four years of caring for Q and over 26 years since she had seen her family, they were watching the show and saw her. They quickly came and took Q home. She is housed and has spent the holidays with family after so many years. I will miss her dearly and we do stay in contact, but that is the dream ending we want for our whole homeless community. This one is really interesting because I don't know if a lot of people are familiar. So I'm 30 now. I have wanted to move to California for a long time. I've wanted to move to California for a minute because um, the weather's fantastic. I can get into my blogging and influencing and radioing and, you know, all of that other stuff. I have I have since realized that I can do all of that from wherever I am. Um, and California is just, they be bugging out in California. Like, California was one of the first states to reach a million coronavirus cases. But anywho, um, there was this movie. Jamie Foxx was in the movie and he played... Um, a mentally ill musician. I don't remember the name. I don't remember the name of the movie. Um, but one of the things outside of, you know, like that story about him being a musician, um, it really touched on the skid row in California. So in California, like you typically see the Kim Kardashians, you, you see all of your favorite actors and actresses living their best lives, but literally, as you cross through the richest and most illustrious neighborhoods, right on the other side of that is the largest stretch of homeless people you will ever encounter. And I, I say that with my whole chest, that you will ever encounter. The homelessness population in California is unprecedented. Like, it really is. It's so scary because you are... Um, and I guess if you think about it, it makes sense because, you know, yeah, in California, like you make some money, but the cost of living matches exactly to that. So, you know, sometimes you get people who go out there for, for different reasons, for different dreams and visions and things like that. And they're not able to sustain because it's very expensive to live in California. That's one of the reasons why I was like, nah, that's, the, that's dead. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But the homeless population in California is, um, it's, it's a lot. And shouts to her for doing, um, something 
with that population for that population because um, it really is something that continues to be a really, really big issue and a big problem. Um, the name of the, the movie was The Soloist. So it was based on the true story of Nathaniel Ayers, a musician who developed schizophrenia and became homeless. Um, super, super moving movie. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. was also a star in it as well. So it really just kind of touched on, like, there was this whole behind the scenes about, you know, being down there on Skid Row, just how how large this population really is. Um, next up, we have Sir John from L'Oreal Paris. He's a U.S. makeup artist and creative director. Um, if you know who Beyonce is, you know who Sir John is. The L'Oreal Paris U.S. makeup artist and creative director has collaborated with Beyonce on her most memorable looks, including her 2017 Grammys performance and her Lemonade and Black is King visuals. And if that isn't iconic enough, Sir John has also created makeup collections for Disney's The Lion King live action remake, Looks for Barbie, and Severed as Mentor for Lifetime's American Beauty Star. One common thread throughout the dozens of glamorous looks he's created throughout his career is how they all bring out women's inner strength and power. My goal was never to make women feel more beautiful. I wanted them to feel powerful and empowered. There is so much beauty in power, so much power in in a lipstick. Beauty makes you feel more connected to yourself, and there is something so special about that. He continues to be hopeful for what's next in the beauty industry and says that he's actively working so that artists from all walks of life, different cultural backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, can have the same opportunities that my white counterparts have had for years. I look forward to an equitable industry that happens one conversation at a time and one protest at a time and want everyone to be invited to the party. Honestly, guys, like this, this list could just kind of go on and on and on. And I will continue here next week. Um, so you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about Rihanna, my favorite thing to talk about in the world. Get into some music and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Pastor Phil Davis, and you're listening to WFNK Radio, Northeast Pennsylvania's premier urban radio station.
good told me She told me well Forget your failures And forgive yourself I'm moving on I'm moving on I'm moving on Hey, 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 hey I know my review All right, we are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosun, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So I'm going to squeeze Rihanna into the rest of the show. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe like the next 10 minutes. Y'all know I love me some Riri. Also, where's the album? Um, But, so first up here, um, if anyone didn't know, Rihanna has, so on top of killing the, 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 the beauty game, Killing it with Fenty. Killing it with Savage X Fenty. Rihanna also had a fashion house. So, um, the fashion world is currently trying to process the news surrounding Rihanna and her Fenty fashion house closing. Um, LVMH just announced that it has decided to officially shut down Rihanna's fashion line after less than two years. After launching back in 2019, LVMH and Rihanna have agreed to cease operations of her Paris-based line Fenty. Fenty was the first fashion line LVMH started from scratch since 1987. Created to match the success of Rihanna's popular Fenty line, her fashion house never quite caught on the same with fans. Sensing the prices could be an issue, Rihanna reportedly expressed concern that the label's high price could alienate her sprawling fan base. In response, LVMH agreed to sell items at a lower price, but that didn't appear to help. 
After the project failed to take off in its first year, the brand switched up its design team and brought on a new managing director, Bastien Reynard, who joined in fall 2020. Reports start state that the restructuring of the fashion brand didn't create the financial success they were hoping for, especially in comparison to Rihanna's incredibly successful Savage X Fenty lingerie line, which I will get to in a minute. The ongoing COVID-19 pandemic also appeared to play a role with LVMH positioning the decision to halt the Fenty ready-to-wear offering as something that could be temporary, pending better conditions. After suspending Fenty fashion, LVMH-backed private equity giant Elle Catterton will invest in her Savage X Fenty lingerie line, and the brand has been seeking an investment of $100 million to expand into new categories, which they did. Um, so I thought that this one was super important just because um, a lot of the times when we are talking about... Um, when you're t- when we're talking about building a brand, starting a brand, things like that, um, one of the things we don't always talk about, or we don't necessarily hmm, get into, I find that we don't talk about how to market to our target audience. I'm sorry. So, um, you know, we, we think about our products, we think about our brands, but like, let's say in Rihanna's case, right? So she has this whole fashion house and she has this whole thing. But if you think about Rihanna, the brand, Rihanna, the person, Rihanna is super down to earth. She's super personable. She literally, um, markets to everybody. Everybody loves Rihanna because she's a down to earth person. And then when you put it together with, um, when you put it together with, let's say, um, Savage X Fenty. So she had done the fashion show where she's showcasing people who are older, people who are disabled, people who are visibly plus size, people who are pregnant. So she is trying to reach everyone. But then you have this fashion house whose prices say a little bit otherwise. You alienate the, the very people who have made your brand successful. So it's important to think about that when you're starting a brand, when you're, when you're thinking about your target audience. Um, and that, that basically just means the people who are most likely to buy from you. So people say, you know, we get upset sometimes when our family are not purchasing our products, when our family are not sharing, but it's just kind of like, my auntie don't wear lashes. That's not her thing. Um, my husband's not going to use any lip gloss. You know, so you think about the people who are around you and the things that you're selling and, and the people who are around you and the things that you're selling may not always line up. So then you have to do a bit more research to make sure that your um, your inventory and your items and the things that you're selling line up with the people who are going to continue to make you successful. And that's not to say that you always have to... Um, you know, base things around those people because then, you know, what will you make? Um, and it doesn't always say that you have to do all these crazy discounts based off of the socioeconomic status of the people who you think are going to make you successful, but there has to be some kind of happy medium. So that is that, and that's just my little tidbit, and that's just something that I had to learn as a small business owner as well. Um, so she also, 
So we got, we got a little bit of down and then we got some up also. So, you know, um, recently Savage X Fenty, which again, I was just talking about where she literally, you know, she, she hits to everyone. She hits to everybody. She can definitely take a bow now because, um, Savage X Fenty is now worth $1 billion. So she did that last formula very, very well in this brand, and it is for sure paying off. So Forbes recently reported that a round of Series B funding raised $115 million for the company's upcoming expansion into retail, led by private equity firm L. Catraton, in which LVMH has a stake. Savage X Fenty saw revenue growth of more than 200% last year and increased its active VIP member base by more than 150%, according to a statement from the company. Prior to the latest funding round, Rihanna's estimated stake in the company was $85 million. Following the completion of the fundraising round, LVMH and Rihanna reaffirmed their ambition to concentrate on the growth and the long-term development of Fenty ecosystem, focusing on cosmetics, skincare, and lingerie. LVMH confirmed last week that it was putting Riri's Fenton fashion line on hold nearly two years after the world's most largest luxury group announced their collaboration. She debuted her size-inclusive Savage X Fenty lingerie line on May 10th, 2018, and the sizes range from 32A to 42D and extra small to 3X. So that's that. Um, and, and I also think that what's important about this is realizing that um, not everything's going to be a hit, right? Like not everything's going to be a hit, but that doesn't mean that that's not what you're supposed to do. So look at this story right here where she, you know, um, she's in pretty much the same lane, but that model and the way that she's made it work for her audience are two completely different formulas that she had to make work. And one of them worked very, very well. And one of them did not. And she's probably just going to have to take that time, go back and refocus. So, um, and the same thing with um, Beyonce, Ivy Park, Icy Park. I mean, Ivy Park is doing a thing, but when she released that Three years ago, nobody was trying to hear it. So she went back, she redid the marketing, she, you know, put it out to a different audience, and now look at it. So whatever it is you're trying to do, don't give up at the first no, don't give up at the first failure, don't give up at the first, you know, sign of it not being everything you wanted it to be. That doesn't mean that you need to stop, that just means that you need to sit, listen, and think again. So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360, get into some music. And we'll be right back. Uh, uh. It's kind of crazy, it's kind of crazy that your name is Chris. Your name is Chris. Because uh, uh. that's what I need, that's what I need right now in this crazy place.
situation That's when I met your friends And they was all having conversation But they were saying stuff that I couldn't understand Then all of a sudden it felt like I understood something I missed my whole life For the first time I was wearing your shoes And for the first time I was hearing your views uh, I never knew how complicated life is when you feel so isolated And I know we don't speak much Cause when talking got hard All I ever did was throw the piece up My big sister Grace I'm sorry, I never learned to sign uh. And even though you were born deaf I pray you forgive me for the years I lived blind to Jacinth Headlam and I'm here on Faith and Fashion 360 with Brianna Ofosu. All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Ofosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So these next two stories I wanted to kind of um, blend together a little bit because I definitely feel like both of them kind of go along the same lines. Um, you know, as a creative myself, I think that um, a lot of the times I try to figure out um, on top of what is going to be most serving to me and what I'm doing, um, and my purpose, you also look at what is going to get the best emotional reaction from your audience. And I think that sometimes with artists, with musicians, with clothing designers, what have you, people who are just kind of in that creative realm, a lot of the times, um, you create things and you always run the risk of offending someone or someone just not quite understanding the message that you put out. So I think that both Rihanna and Saya are in this space. But one of the things I can say is that where I think they both fell short, and y'all know I love me some Rihanna, where I think they both fell short is that um, we also have to be careful that as we're trying to elicit you know, a specific emotional reaction from our audience that we are doing so in as authentic a way as possible. So when I say that, I mean, um, you're doing it and you know that this is something personal to you. So you can tell that story or you can display this image because you know that it also has a personal connection to your story and you really can stand behind the story that you're telling and I don't think either of them really had that and I think that 
therein lies part of the issue. So first up, we have Miss Rihanna here, since I've just been gushing about her, but you know I am you know, I'm as subjective as they come, so wrong is wrong. Um, the internet is currently accusing her of cultural appropriation following an Instagram post. I am not going to oppose it because I don't feel like it's Faith and Fashion 360 approved, but if you are following Rihanna, make sure you go check that out. So, um, she posted a topless picture of herself on Instagram while wearing a necklace of Lord Ganesha. The star shared the photo in question overnight, dressed in a pair of purple boxers from her Savage X Fenty line and various items of jewelry. Um, some fans took to the comment section to praise her look and others were quick to call Rihanna out for what they believe to be cultural appropriation. While the boxes are, of course, a major part of the look, Rhea is also draped in matching amethyst tone jewelry, including earrings, layered necklaces, bracelets, and a ring. But her pendant featuring Lord Ganesha has received criticism on social media, with some accusing her photo of being disrespectful. Um... Someone said, Rihanna, stop using my religion as an aesthetic. That Ganesh figurine at the end of the chain is a holy and sacred figure for us Hindus. Someone else said, Rihanna wearing Ganesha necklace in that pic doesn't sit right with me. Um, and, you know, kind of the, the comments kind of went on and on and on. Um, so a lot of people were asking, what was the point of using the necklace in a photo and by someone who is not even you know, Hindu. Um, I don't object if she uses it. It's her choice, but still I can't understand the logic behind using it. Um, so Rihanna hasn't responded. I don't quite expect her to because she's Rihanna. But one thing that I think is important is, you know, we, or I, I will speak for myself. I have lots and lots and lots to say when I feel that, um, cultural epithets of black people are being used for show or being used for entertainment are being praised by people who have no cultural ethnic connection to anything that has gone on. And for black people more so because we have been criticized for a lot of the things that now people take to use and get praised, whether that be the corn rolls, whether that be the larger lips, whether that be, you know, different hairstyles, whether that be facial features, just things that we have not always been led to feel very good about. So while she has not responded to the comment, um, one of the things that I think is important as a creative for any creative who may be listening is that when you are, um, when you're doing something, because again, just like I was talking about her Savage X Fenty line before, a lot of the things she does, the way that she, um, you know, the way that she frames her pricing, the way that she puts out the content, they are for the people who are spending money on her because she's Rihanna. So I think that the same could be said when you're putting out different content um, and getting the likes and getting the praise for it. You also have to think about other people within that as well. And it can't just be, it can't always just be for the likes. I, I, I would go as far to say it should never be just about the likes, but it can't always be about that. It, it should for some, you know, time or another be because these are things that are important and these are things that matter. Um, and then an aesthetic is nice, but we have to just be sensitive to all different people, especially if you're not sure of where that came from. So next up kind of in that lane um, is Saya. If anybody's not familiar with Saya, 
she sang chandelier um she is the artist who she sings she well we've seen her face now we've seen her face now but she has sung a lot of her um she's sung a lot of her content and a lot of her songs maxed by really thick blonde hair um and for a long time we hadn't been able to see her face we hadn't been able to see her face we weren't sure who she was um and you know most recently she's kind of started to unveil herself a little bit more but you know she really was more so known for this super strong presence of a voice like we loved her music and things like that um she also made really really good or she does make really good music videos that make you feel and they're not always super gaudy or anything like that Shia LaBeouf has been in her music videos and the ever-loving Maddie Zeigler I kind of feel like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this Maddie Ziegler Ziegler um Maddie Ziegler has been in Saya's music videos since Maddie was like eight or nine okay so it's been some time Maddie is going through formative years and she continues to be in Saya's video so I saw somebody post the other day that they feel like She's kind of having, like, this obsession with having her in the video. And I don't think it's, like, anything weird, but, you know, what have you. Um, okay, so Saya's movie music was released in select theaters and on streaming platforms like YouTube. The film follows a recently sober woman, played by Kate Hudson, who becomes the guardian of her half-sister music, who is autistic. Music is played by Saya's long-term collaborator, dancer, Maddie Ziegler. As soon as the trailer was released in November, it garnered significant backlash for casting an able-bodied neurotypical actor to play someone with autism. Um, someone tweeted, this is totally unacceptable and there are no excuses. You should have known better than to allow able-bodied and neurotypical to represent the disabled community. It's incredibly offensive, as is the infantilization of the character. Sickened and not even captioned. Don't release this. She responded to the backlash saying, I actually tried working with a beautiful young girl, nonverbal on the spectrum, and she found it unpleasant and stressful. So that's why I cast Maddie. Listen, understandable. A few people called outside saying we all said we could have acted in on short notice. These excuses are just that, excuses. The fact of the matter is zero effort was made to include anyone who is actually autistic. Um, earlier this month, more backlash ensued after a scene leaked showing Ziegler's character being held in a prone restraint. Saya eventually deleted her Twitter account after the wave of backlash. Well, now the controversial movie has been released, reviews from critics, the autism community, and others are out, and they are not great. One person called out the movie's offensive portrayal of self-stimulatory behavior or stimming. It's sad a lot of uh, a lot about how awful this movie is and how disgusting Saya is for making it, but this really sucks. I've always been self-conscious of the way I move my hands to music when I'm stimming or trying to stay calm, and this makes me feel like a freak. So this was someone who was actually autistic. Someone else says the way Saya's movie portrays autistic stimming literally looks like how bullies at school make fun of autistic people. Mm. 
It's not representation, it's not informative, and it's not helpful. It's disgusting. She claims to have educated herself on autism. It's clear she hasn't. So the comments kind of go on and on, and, and just to kind of wrap up here, um, I have seen movies. Like, I've seen movies where they spend years and years, dollars and dollars, to get um, people, I forget, consultants. They, they get consultants to kind of come in to really... Um, you know, lay different characteristics to um, roles and just make sure that they're accurate in nature. And for what I saw, Maddie Ziegler's portrayal of an autistic person was not accurate in nature. And I think that that can be offensive because I think uh, people's acceptance of autism has come a long way in knowing that, you know, there's a wide spectrum of functioning for them. So, you know, one, to portray it as just kind of like this monolithic thing where they're stemming, where there's, um, you know, but then also somebody who's fully functioning. It's confusing, and I think it can send um, a very insensitive message. Um, I will post the video for you to watch. Um, I'll post the article for you to read. Make sure you're following me at Faith and Fashion 360, the radio show on Facebook. Um, but I just think that, you know, typically when we are trying to be creative and speak to different audiences, we have to make sure that we are speaking in the right way and not just doing things for the sake of doing them. So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. When we come back, we'll be talking about Miss Issa Rae, who says that she was fearful about her place as her hit show Insecure is getting ready to wrap up. Get into some music and we'll be right back. That you couldn't do it cause you washed up Ain't like them bad girls said you should get your salsa But I got this plan and you might not understand I'ma go hard as I can And I'm gonna be the boss of it Just watch me do this, put no limits, only swag on it Walk right up to the front where I belong and brag on it Go to the top, I'ma give it all I got Might take a lot, but we ain't gonna never stop
National station from around the way. WFNK all day. Hey, this is your girl, Marette Brown Clark. I like this show. You're listening to Faith and Fashion 360 with my girl, Brianna.
All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So Issa Rae says she questions her longevity as Insecure ends. My future is kind of up in the air. While fans are still reeling from the fact that HBO's Insecure is coming to an end, Issa Rae opened up about staying positive concerning what's next. During a recent Instagram Live conversation, she spoke on her negative self-talk and positive affirmation she replaces it with. She says, I'm entering a new chapter in my life, which I'm discovering with the end of Insecure, it feels like my future is kind of up in the air. What's going to be my next thing? You know, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be cool? Do I have longevity in this industry? I guess my positive affirmation would be, you can be here as long as you want to be, as long as you work at it, as long as it's right for you. She also agreed with the statement that Black people often feel like they don't have the opportunity to fail. Isn't that right? I will say working with other Black people, people are more forgiving because they want you to win. There's nothing like working with a Black person that you've hired and they mess up and they're like, well, I'm giving you another chance. Don't mess up for all of us. We tend to be more forgiving. She said in a statement to Deadline that she and Insecure showrunner Prentice Penny are so grateful that HBO believed in our show from the beginning and kept faith in us to see our vision through to the end. We always planned to tell this story through five seasons, but couldn't have made it this far without the tremendous support of our audience. I feel blessed beyond measure to bring our character story to an end on screen, at least. Um, And I think this one is probably something that we've all felt throughout these very uncertain times is what am I going to do next? Where am I going to be next? Is what I'm doing right now fulfilling? Uh, Because we have realized as we have seen the lives change of those closest to us that life is short, time is precious, and we need to do all we can with our skills, our gifts, and our talents while we're here. Um, I know that Issa Rae actually has another few projects coming up, so I think that that kind of debunks her um, anxiety about, you know, does she have longevity? But I think, again, this is a fear that we all have as we're kind of going through the motions of things. One minute we hear from God, and the next minute it's a little bit quiet and it just takes some more time for us to be still to hear him again. One minute as an entrepreneur, you're making $500 in a week and the next minute it's crickets, it's quiet. You know, one minute as a DJ, you are getting all of these gigs. The next moment it's COVID and it's quiet, it's crickets. So, you know, there can be a lot of uncertain things within our flesh that we don't understand because we want to see what's happening next. We want to see what's in front of us. We want to see what's getting ready to happen so that we can prepare for it. But the preparing is in sitting still. The preparing is in tithing. The preparing is in not speaking to yourself negatively. The preparing is in knowing who you serve. And that prepares you for all of the leaps and bounds and all of the fantastic things that he has. Um, you know, so for a lot of us, I, I had my sister Tamara Williams here with me earlier. No, it was kind of, it was like later last year. Um, and she does something called process prayers. And one of the reasons why she said she does that is because, you know, typically we're at the, we're at the beginning of something. It's fantastic. It's going well. And then we want to see what's going to happen at the end. Um, and we want to skip and forsake that middle part when the middle is is just as, if not more, 
important than the beginning and the end. Um, so I think that this one is really important for any of us who are kind of sitting and we feel like we're in limbo and you're actually not in limbo. You're not in limbo. You just need to, 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 to stay the weight and hang out for a little bit. Um, let God do his thing and do what he's doing in preparing you in that season. Um, so when we come back, I'm going to be talking about how you can get your new work life balance together. Again, as we are kind of navigating the, the waters of COVID year 10, um, you know, our work space has become a million different spaces. Zoom calls and Google Meets have increased to plenty. Our uh, work life has turned into our home life. Our workspace has turned into our home space. And a lot of those tasks have started to blend together. So next up, I'm going to be giving you a couple tips on how to try to keep those as separate as you can as you continue to um, work on being well and doing the best you can in different spaces. So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Get into some music and we'll be right back. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give them the highest praise.
This is Patrice DeLisser, and you're listening to WFNK all day. I ask for things that I think that I need. I get frustrated when you disagree. And you're always listening closely to me. I'm not hoping that it all goes exactly how I want No, I'm not asking you to do it or asking that you don't I'm just inviting you to my situation Come through cause I
All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. Whether you're working remotely, slowly trickling back into the office, or you've been an essential worker from day one of the pandemic, finding work-life balance is probably something that has been a very frustrating goal. Nevertheless, it's important once since Black households have been disproportionately impacted by the effects of COVID. Financially, physically and mentally, and many black professionals fill the ranks of essential work or jobs. Protecting your sanity and putting a focus on wellness are important since you'll need to be your best self to thrive in the current environment, especially if you're in leadership positions. Some of us have already done the basics of shifting priorities or setting both physical and mental health boundaries between personal and business, but what's the new work ba- uh, work-life balance for today's version of normal? So I'm going to give you five steps to upgrade and find what works for you, your job, and your current lifestyle. Number one, assess what work-life balance even looks like and how it might change from day to day. Um, We can often hit a wall when we try to fit cookie-cutter efforts into lives that might not be so black and white. The main principle of it all is to be sure you're not overworking yourself into burnout. But there is such a thing as burning out due to trying to create the perfect version of balance. It's a good idea to take some time to consider your daily habits, your lifestyle, and your workday obligations when trying to figure out what work-life balance realistically means for you. So really what this means is stop looking to the left and the right. What somebody's workday looks like, what somebody's home life looks like is not going to be something that works for you because... Whether you have, uh, you know, three kids and a mule or, you know, whether you are single, whether you are an essential worker, whether you are not working at all, that's going to look different. So, you know, figuring out what that means for Brianna. I work one day a week. By the rest of the week, I'm home with my newborn. And that's that. Some days I go into the office. Other days I do not. And sometimes I have extracurriculars to kind of sprinkle throughout the week. So for me, that's going to look different than it would for my husband who goes to work every single day. Um, Number two, set micro goals for areas where a balance shift is needed. Some of us have productivity down pat or we've been delivered from the procrastination demons of the past, but we still struggle with saying yes to that new workout routine or we totally fall short with being fully present at home. Instead of tackling overall work-life balance in a macro way, try setting small goals that will lead to big results. Let's say you can't commit to an hour per day of workouts. Experts recommend starting out with 15 to 30 minute high intensity workouts or spacing workouts out to every other day. If you find yourself totally confident in closing deals but not being present for loved ones due to a lack of sleep, etch out some time to talk to someone. Write in a journal or use a sleep meditation app. All work and no play? Try a new mood-boosting hobby like crafts, gardening, or photography and make a project of it. Number three, get a coach or accountability partner. More than 70% of professionals who get help in the form of coaching benefit from improved work performance, relationships, and more effective communication skills. If you're trying to make new moves in the realm of work-life balance, 
hire someone who will help you. They can create a plan of action based on a change, such as a new job, a recent health issue, a relocation, or a change in finances. They can also be your support through the process. Research coaches via the web or social media and make sure they have references and actual results. One of the other things I think is really good is tapping into some of those Facebook groups. You can find somebody who, you know, at work is not super annoying and they kind of have the same um, goals and lifestyle that you do to just kind of be an accountability person. Um, I think that that's also good versus, you know, having to to pay for someone. Um, number four, use technology to your advantage. Now y'all know I talk about how weird Rihanna's internet can be. And I think that in a lot of spaces, we can use it to really kind of like work for our good. Simple actions like setting an alarm on your phone for stopping your workday Nap breaks or meetings can really help you create habits that help make work-life balance a priority. Treat your time like a lawyer or therapist paid by the hour and let the alarm be your way of reclaiming your time. Okay, Maxine Waters. Also, don't overlook built-in extras in your favorite apps or on your phone screen like the screen time feature on the iPhone or the Your Activity Tracker on Instagram. Once you're able to see how much time you're spending on doing certain things and you're able to set limits, you can shift that time into doing something that ensures more work-life balance. You can also invest in apps that are specifically for finding or protecting work-life balance like TimeTune or a tracker. Apps like Cozy House, your to-do list, journals, and shopping list all in one place. And um, there are other ones that you can, you know, check out as far as meditation, scheduling affirmations, and keeping you accountable for fitness goals. Um, I personally like to use, overuse, and overwhelm my notes and calendar because they set reminders. They tell me what I need to do. They tell me what I need to stop doing. They remind me of stuff that I forgot and they're fantastic. And you can also put reminders to your reminders. So like, let's say at seven o'clock you needed to do, you need to send an email about something. It, it can remind you 10 minutes before. It can remind you the day before, an hour before. You know yourself and you know what, you know, your day will look like if you tend to lose focus. So definitely use your phone for, you know, more positive things. And and one of the things that I found are those trackers. They really humbled your girl. Like, what was I doing on Instagram for that long? For real. Like, what did I, what was I doing for five hours? That's just a lot of time. It really made me feel like, okay, get put the phone down. Just put, put the phone down. Um, and last but not least, incorporate new wellness trends into your workday. We all have a good sale, but if you'd like to upgrade in the area of wellness, it might be time to unsubscribe from some of those retail newsletters and sign up for fitness or mental health lists. You can check, check out platforms like Black Girl and Ohm, Heal House, or Ethel's Club. You can take a workday break to check in on the latest trends via email and connect with others who are balancing their lives through wellness. Try something new for your lunch hour or um, do, you know, something like a talk therapy, something to, you know, just kind of separate you and help you 
keep that balance. Um, so I will post this article for you all to read. It is definitely important as we kind of, you know, keep trying to acclimate um, into what things look like for us now. And we know that it can be difficult. Um, when we come back, I'm going to lend my opinion as well is give a little, uh, give a little scripture on manifestation. I have heard this this word be used incorrectly in a lot of senses, but I have I've heard this term and this phrase be used and paired with the universe and paired with vibes. When I look, let me tell you something. When I hear people say vibes, when I hear like you know energy, and I hear something about Jupiter and Mars and Uranus and stuff like that. My, I, I immediately like, I'm done with the conversation. Um, and a lot of, a lot of these people will go forth to say, yeah, but in the Bible, they talk about, you know, writing it down and making your, making it plain, casting out your petition to the Lord. Right. Because the Lord has the final say, not you and your vibes and your energy. But I'm going to talk about that when we come back. That's not why I'm talking about it. B. Simone had, um, something very interesting to say about how we manifest our relationships. And I think that that is also a good conversation. I'm going to try to keep one foot off of the soapbox. You're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Get into some music and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Pastor Bill Davis and you're listening to WFNK Radio, Northeast Pennsylvania's premier urban radio station. Hit me. How y'all doing this evening? How y'all doing this evening? Do y'all want that bounce? Do y'all want that bounce? I say, do y'all want that bounce? That bounce? No. 
There's no one who like gave you. Who gave your life like you? Who paid the price? Who paid our price like you? There's only one. There's only if you know there's only one, make some noise. There's no one like you. All right, we are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosul, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. All right, here we go. So, and this might ruffle some people's feathers. That's okay. I have to be okay with that. So, I think that as we just kind of move forward in our new millennial age, lots of people like to wear waist beads and do chakras, which, which are a thing. Um, I think that we get into these conversations and the line just keeps getting thinner and thinner about the universe in God. And some of y'all are not, y'all, y'all are not a, y'all not doing it right. Y'all not doing it right. Y'all are not a, it's wrong. It's wrong. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that. So before I get into what I want to say, I'm going to say this. So B. Simone posted um, this post on Instagram the other day. And one of the things pretty much, you know, the longest short of what she was talking about was how a lot of women and a lot of men too, we will have kind of like this list, this expectation of what we want in a man, what we want in a woman. I want her to have an hourglass shape. I want her to be financially stable. I want her to love my mama. I want her to have a good car. I need her to have a good job. And we have not drank a bottle of water for a month. We don't speak to anyone in our family. Our finances are always on overdraft. It's just not even equally yoked, like not even a little bit. So she was just having this conversation about how, you know, you you want a certain thing. You want somebody to be a certain way and you are not bringing that to your relationship. You're not bringing that into the fold. So 
How is it that you can expect that when you're not when you're not that? And I think that this was a really interesting take and it was a really good conversation because a lot of the times, you know, we want so many things from God. We want so many things. I want you to bless me with six figures. I want you to um give me a bigger house. I want you to give me a push to start car. I want you to give me my radio station. I want you to give me this and I want you to give me that. And we are not ready for any of those things because the behaviors that we have say otherwise. So I want a better car, but I don't keep my car clean. I want to have six figures, but I don't know what to do with three. I don't tie three figures. I want a man who is financially sound, but I've been unemployed for two years and not because pre-COVID, pre-COVID. I want someone who is equally yoked with me in regards to my relationship with Christ. But I can't even, I can't give you one Bible scripture. And this might just be a humbling thing for a lot of us, but if you just think about it, like something that you wanted, like something that you have cast out and you said, God, I really need this. I want this. And he has not given it to you. It is there. It's, It's waiting for you, but he's waiting for you also. He's waiting for you to be more responsible with your finances. He's waiting for you to honor your own relationships. He's waiting for you to be healthy before he can bring you that. Because if we are not able to show that we are good stewards of things, why am I going to give that to you? That's just a waste of both of our time. So, you know, she said this and um, per usual, social media just being the weird place that it is. People got very stuck on like this manifest thing. Everybody say it with me, manifest. And I'm saying it with like the ugliest face because manifest and vibes in the universe, these have been words and phrases that have gotten to be so overused. I just, what does that mean? Somebody spell it. Tell me, tell me what exactly that means. Somebody, just, just anyone. So manifesting. Just, you know, to make it plain, manifesting means to make something happen. The New Age movement calls it the law of attraction, and it's a belief that positive or negative thoughts bring positive or negative experiences into your life. It says that thoughts are energy, and energy can attract similar energies to itself because there is an attractive magnetic pattern to the universe. Okay. So the main the, the main issue that I have in manifesting is you give yourself, I mean, because you just, you got all the power in your hands and in your flesh. Tell me how that works. That is incorrect. That is absolutely incorrect. God is the author and finisher. So when I am manifesting something. When I am calling forth something that my heart wishes for, I'm doing it with the expectation that God is going to do that for me. 
Not that somehow Brianna's big brain and positive thoughts are going to have this thing materialize. He is a supernatural God and he will do absolutely what you call forth. And we also talk about making sure that when we speak, we are not speaking negative thoughts and negative things because that is that is what he hears and that is what he knows. And you give the devil space to then start operating in your circumstance and in your situation. The philosophy ignores the fact that God created everything as in Genesis. And he even created you in your mother's room, Psalm 139. In him, all things were created. Things in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible. All things have been created through and for him. Many are the plans in a person's heart. So I could have just all of these. I could have all of these things that I'm manifesting, right? But if that does not go with the purpose and plan that he has for my life, I'm not getting it. And I think that a lot of people are confused. I I just I and I, again I'm not here I, I'm not here to to get into the whole thing. I'm not a preacher. I'm not, you know, I'm not a prophet. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not even a Bible scholar. But what I do know is that if I do not give him the authority to move in my life, things just ain't happening. Universe or I I don't know. Y'all just got it. Y'all got it messed up out here. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta unfollow some of them, uh, some of them peoples on the Instawebs. So, anywho, the main thing that I wanted to say was just that, you know, when we are um we are wanting things, when we want things out of other people, we have to really look in and take a self-awareness check and make sure that we ourselves are those things. That's it. That's all off the soapbox. When we come back, I'm going to be ending the show off with some Moving Mountains moments uh, for Black History Month. We have two fantastic young people who are doing amazing things. So I'm going to tell you all about them here at Faith and Fashion 360. Get into some music and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Jazzy and you're tuned in to WFNK Radio. Next is Sunday Night Mix Show, then Sunday Soul Food. And don't forget Late Night Journey. Tear down these walls 
All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So next up, I'm going to end the show off with a moving mountains moment. If this is your first time joining me here at Faith and Fashion 360, this is just my way of um, sharing some good news about some people who are doing fantastic things within their industry. I definitely think this is important here on this Black History Month to share um, some young people doing amazing things um, because we continue to lend to our history. We continue to to be in and do fantastic things. And it is high time the world knew that. So 17-year-old uh, honored for creating color-changing sutures that detect infection. A 17-year-old was named Regeneron Science Talent Scholar after developing color-changing sutures to detect infection. Deja Taylor is a senior at Iowa City West High School who was once interested in becoming a surgeon. A few years ago, she researched a suture kit for, she received a suture kit for Christmas, piquing her interest in making them more effective. In her first science research opportunity outside of traditional classes, Taylor decided to develop sutures that would change color if the patient's pH level alters, making it easier to indicate infection. She entered her project into the 80th annual Regeneron Science Talent Search and was named among the top 300 scholars this year out of 1,700 students. Taylor said she researched for a year, focusing on the suitable material for the stitches and learning how to work in a sterile environment to test bacteria. She even had to learn the proper way to put on a glove, something she didn't know before. The most pertinent part of her studies was the pH, a central component of wound healing. Taylor knew if she could change the sutures with the pH, she would help identify infection more quickly. After a year of trial and error, Taylor first entered her project into the Junior Science and Humanities Symposium in March 2020, quickly realizing she was the only Black student present. Now she is on track to being named one of 40 finalists who will receive $25,000 and participate in the final competition in March for the grand prize of $250,000 as Regeneron Science Talent Scholar. She credits her high school support in helping her get this far since they provided her with the bacteria for testing. She hopes her color-changing sutures will eventually be used in developing countries to save even more lives and cut down on costs treating infections early with antibiotics. I'm a firm believer that you don't have to be confined to a box and just stay in one subject area. You can bounce around. If you're interested in it, go for it. Come on, sciences. We don't have enough. We do not have enough. And I'm just so, so happy. Listen, like I said, and I say it all the time, I think that it's important for us to just be in spaces where we are not, we're not often in those spaces because it opens the doors for other, um, you know, it opens the doors for others to really, you know, get the confidence to to do that to get the confidence to be an engineer, to get the confidence to to be a chemist, to get the confidence to do things that um, you, you typically, you don't see us often. 
And I just think that that is fantastic. So whatever it is that you are wishing, hoping, and praying to do, do that no matter how little of the people you see uh, that look like you, you will be the first, but you will not be the last. Thank you for joining me here at Faith and Fashion 360. I pray that you guys have walked away feeling informed, knowledgeable, and uh, just ready to go into the rest of your week. Make sure you stick around for the rest of our Sunday night lineup. Coming up, we have DJ Rich um, pretty much ending off our night here. Make sure you're following me at Faith and Fashion 360, the radio show on Facebook, and make sure you join me next week. Same time, same place. As always, Happy Sunday and good night. So this is my thank you to you. This is my thank you to you. And all of the things I've been through. All of the things I've been through. So this is my thank you to you. This is my thank you to you. Let's get it. This, this, this little light of mine I'ma let it shine, I pay nobody no mind Cause when I was down and out, you came through And when I had nobody else, I had you So know that when I ball, you fall too Know that when I fly, you fly too And know that when we swag, we swag out Haters hitting, they can't till they pass out Look, this square peg that's trying to fit around hope Trying to turn gas shoes into home sweet home With my best against the wall, I had no one Father, you held me and called me your own This is the reason I know I belong Never feel me, yet you holding me strong This is the reason I know I belong Never feel me, yet you holding me strong Say this is my thank you to you. This is my thank you to you. See all of the things I've been through. All of the things I've been through. See this is my thank you to you. This is my thank you to you. See all of the things I've been through. Hey. This is my thank you. My.
my thank you to you This is my thank you to you See all of the things I've been through All of the things I've been through See this is my thank you to you This is my thank you to you